Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey everybody, it is Lisa Nearing with True North Homeschool Academy once again, and we are at Life Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. I am super excited to be joined today by Candace Duger. Um, she is the author and speaker and mastermind behind Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. And um, we are going to be offering a class based on her work. I'll tell you about that later. But Candice, thank you so much for joining me today. I know your schedule is crazy busy. So thanks for taking time. (laughs) It is always a privilege to be with you. I honestly, just to be able to serve families in this area is such a privilege. And to be here with you today, I am excited to get to talk to families about all these things that we don't really hold space for all the time, right? These tough, tough conversations that we need to be talking about because our kids are. We do. Yeah. They are talking about it. We just, I have been reading this book, um, on, uh, transgenderism and girls, and this is a whole nother topic, but we put, um, a comment. Um, I just recommended the book in our Facebook group and a lot. And I think it gets to the heart of what your ministry is really all about is these issues that there's so much social pressure and peer pressure. But before we jump into that, do you want to share with our listeners who you are and how you came here? Cause you're a homeschool mom and you're now I am like right? a, you've got this crazy executive background. You're just an interesting smash up of so many worlds. Mm-hmm. So tell us who you are and how you ended up doing this. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, um, so I am a mama of two. I uh, have a son who I, to give you a little bit of background, I was in the corporate world. I used to run multi-million dollar to billion dollar sales teams. Love what I did. I'm here right outside of Washington, DC, kind of in that corporate world down on Capitol Hill speaking with like, I mean, you know, you kind of get that very different than the homeschooling mama, very different. different. (laughs) And I had a very serious health issue that put me on bed rest and by God's grace, I'm okay. And out of bed and now able to serve other families. But it was during that time I saw how much my son was hurting. Mm -hmm. He had gone from happy and joyful, just full of joy in his life, loving school, being engaged with his family to withdrawn and angry. And I knew something was seriously wrong, but you also know that age of like 12, you're going, well, are we dealing with preteen stuff? Or you're always told, well, they get really extra grouchy at this age. So I kind of was a little worried, but not overly worried. Um, and so I knew we were dealing with bullying. I had gone to the school and tried to get help. And when I did that, things got considerably worse for my son and, uh, that his life was put in danger and he felt the opposite of what you expect to happen mm-hmm. because we're all told yeah. go to the school, go to the administration, go to the authority. Mm-hmm. And so what I hear now is parents give your power away. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And think about it when you and I went to school. We maybe had an assembly and they put up a zero tolerance post. Right. Yeah. If that, yeah. if that, right. So, so we don't even know how to deal with bullying from the eighties and nineties, right. much less Gen Z bullying from cyberbullying, gaming, bullying, revenge board, all of this other stuff. Yeah. And so when you go to the school, it's the school is going to handle it. 
but most of it's happening in your home. And this is not a school yeah. issue. Right. It's a cultural issue. So it's uh, online. It's everywhere. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the online thing because um, we've talked about this before in the podcast. When your kiddo gets on their phone or on the computer and they go into a room, quote unquote, mm-hmm. a room, they're mentally and emotionally in that room. They're in that space. They're not in the physical room with you as much emotionally and emotionally as yes. that space. And so that's a lot of parents don't want to stalk their kids online. And as a result of that, your kids are vulnerable because they're in rooms with people from everywhere. They don't know. Well, I think it's, I think it's really important that we teach our kids that their virtual space is as impactful as their physical space. And so when I'm talking to kids, would you put your physical body in a room with those people? Would you feel safe? Would you walk into a space with them? If you were driving by a mall or driving by an area or something, would you go into a physical space and feel safe? If you wouldn't, why are you allowing your mind, Mm -hmm. the most impactful, powerful part of our bodies to be in a virtual space, right? What we see, what we take in and all these areas are important. And why it's so important in bullying for kids is once children have suffered from bullying, right? And being attacked, they're at such a higher rate of being able to be moved into grooming, into sex trafficking, because they're looking for somebody to connect to them. They're Mm -hmm. lost, they're alone, they're looking for community. And it's super easy Mm -hmm. for somebody to slip in and say, you're so mature, Mm -hmm. right? Wow, you've got so much to give. I can't believe that. And they move into the quiet private rooms, right? Where parents don't know what's going on. And I have children and not to get overly graphic, but children who are forced into sex trafficking or have felt forced into sex trafficking in their homes, never locked their homes through their webcams, their protection for their bullying and being blackmailed psychologically in that mm-hmm. space. And so it's a much bigger issue than just what we think on the surface, right? right? It's so much bigger mm-hmm. when we go online. Yeah. So I didn't mean to detract from, from your personal story. Let's go back to that real quick. Um, We could talk like all day about this. (laughs) Oh yeah. So back to, back to where I was. So my son was uh, 12 at the time and I actually almost lost him to suicide. So that was the time I know I've shared a little bit of my story with you before, but it was a time in our lives that was very dark for us. Um, You know, guys, if anybody out there has had a child suffering with serious mental health issues, I'm sleeping with the door open at night. Right. We're doing all we can from therapy and support and to make sure he's okay. Um, But the reality was I felt God tugging on my heart that we needed to homeschool him, not put him in private school, not put him in another public school, homeschool him to save him. And we did that. We pulled him out and it has been a long journey. But through that, I was able to use my background and going to school for psychology, even though I was in industrial psych and really the psychological analysis of sales, I used all of that background to help my son heal in a way that he could empower himself, learn new tools and healing. Mm. Because many of our children that are leaving traditional school and coming home, they've got a lot to work through and they need so much more. And so we, we really helped. And now uh, you would think, you would think Lisa, I figured it out, right? Mm. My kid's doing good. He's moving along. And yet. At the same time, I left my youngest son in traditional school Mm. for two years. And he was dealing with what I'd call typical third grade bullying, Mm. right? His face was being thrown in the urinal. He's having his library's books stolen. He's being hit with sticks, like traditional Mm. bullying, Mm -hmm. schoolyard bullying. The day I found him at nine years old under the bed screaming, I'd rather die than go back another day. I said, that is it. We are never doing that again. And I pulled him out and my son's on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I pulled him out, a little nine-year-old boy. Took me two years 
to get him to a place of healing. And I will tell you guys, most of these kids, that's what I'm looking at is it's Mm -hmm. two years of really hard in the trenches with them Mm -hmm. learning new tools and skills because we have to regrow that Mm self-confidence and to give parents some hope in that my son is now just turned 13. He's a published author. He writes an adventure book series called The Adventures of Dante the Service Dog. He has a pet line product. He's creating an apparel line. He's won international pitch competitions. His goal this year is a TED Talk, and he trains and teaches kids all over the world and small business owners. How do you interact with people with service dogs who have invisible disabilities? Wow. All that from a little child who had kind of been written off in education because he has autism. Wow. And so I want to talk about that. You say two years, because one thing, uh, my husband's a psychologist, I have an MFT, so we're kind of in the mental health space. When you have trauma, you get stuck there. And so two years is really not that long to get unstuck, but you emotionally get stuck. And so Mm -hmm. it's going to take some intentionality to really- It's a lot of it. You are so right. There's so much intentionality that comes from that, Lisa. And I think we, I think maybe our progress has been two years um, because we move them out, right? So they change. So the way I teach families when we're dealing with this is we create our three S plan. And so we look at safety first. The child has to feel safe. And if they're not safe in their environment, we can't really build any other bases beyond that. So we create safety mm-hmm. and then we create structure. And below that is the structure of the day. Is there some rhythm in the day? And as your husband would tell you, the importance of that is because the brain's not needing to think. We kind of get up at the same time. We're eating this, the rhythm, which is why the pandemic threw so many people off, right? That's right. They need the rhythm of the day because our brain's not in fight or flight. It's not wondering, okay, what do we have to do now? It's just kind of able to get in the rhythm of the day. And then we build support under that. And when we have safety structure and support, whatever that support is for the child, it breeds success. Yeah. That's so safety, structure, it. support comes to success. And so all of our things are to build in number one, getting kids to a place that they feel safe within that is creating new tools for them. So they know how to take that power back within safety, right. building structure. So they know with what the plan and tools are mm-hmm. building that support team yeah. of other people to help them through it. And when we ingrain that, which is why we use so much of that healing in our programs, mm-hmm. we're teaching them, how do they do the playlist to really flip that script in the music? How do they use invisible light writing? How do they track their emotions, right? Mm-hmm. How do they, what we teach, eat for your mental health, the components of staying active, engaging, mm-hmm. all of these things, we're actually preparing them for life with tools to stay healthy in a way, in a world that can be flipped upside down so quickly. So this is really executive functioning skills training. <laughs> huge. We do executive functioning skills training. Absolutely. We teach huge amount of nonverbal communication yeah. skills. Yeah. Right. The confidence that they need to walk into a room with to be less of a target. And how do they manage that? How do they approach workplace bullying? Mm-hmm. Because guys, what I want to make sure homeschoolers hear this is a cultural issue. Yeah. It affects all homeschoolers yeah, because you're going to launch kids. Go online, right? Look at your own post that people yeah. will blow you up in two seconds right. in today's world. Mm-hmm. And so we need to prepare people for how are they going to engage? Bullying is in our families. Yeah. It's I in wanna, our communities. It's I, everywhere. I want to ask you about that. When you say safety, let's talk about that for a minute. Because if mm-hmm. your kid is in your living room on their phone in a, in a, in a virtual room where they're no longer safe, how do you reestablish safety in the home when physically the kids were in the home? Does that yeah. make sense? Is no, it does make sense. And this is, I think, why there's um, so many parents who are almost apathetic. It feels so overwhelming. Yeah. 
right? It feels so overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So first, um, I am not a fan of take everything away from your kids. And I'm going to tell you why I'm not a fan of you found out something is wrong and you're going to take everything away. Mm -hmm. Parents. um, And I just want to back up real quick on this, Lisa, and explain to parents why I feel that way. When our kids come to tell us something, 90% of kids will never tell their parents. 70% will never tell any adult. They're not going to tell anyone. They sit in shame. They sit in fear. They sit in embarrassment. They are opening up their darkest broken parts to somebody. And that's hard to do as adults. That's hard to do as a child. You don't want to disappoint. Right. And so if they're coming to share with you that something is going on, creating communication ahead of time is number one important because they feel they can come to you. Mm -hmm. But when they do come to you, they are coming to you with something more precious than any Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. any gold, any gem. They are giving you, they're giving you their heart and their pain. And that needs to be trusted really just tenderly. Mm-hmm. And so if kids are coming to talk to you that something is going on online or in any space, parents realize they're going to read your nonverbal communications. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at your face. They're going to see how your body language is. You can have the tsunami going inside, but stay calm on the outside. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath, pause, and invite them into the conversation. Just that must be hard. Would you tell me more? Just start there. Yeah. And then shush. You don't need to fix it. Just yeah. shush. Listen, you need more information than you have right now. Mm-hmm. And if the first thing you do is start taking everything away, then when there's a bigger problem later, they're going to come to you because they've been punished versus walked through an issue. So that's why I tell parents, it's really important when kids are coming to you with a heavy issue that you walk them through it in a way that honors them for coming to tell you because they're, they're trusting you that yeah. they've either made a mistake or they're in a situation they can't end up coach them through that. Right. Invite them in. And it's okay to say, wow, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. I don't have all the answers right now, but we're going to work through this together. Mm -hmm. Right. And take a pause. I am a big fan of having monitoring for kids. And so whether, and I want to make sure everybody knows there is no safe, there is safer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Get in your car and be in the safest car in the world. You can still get in an accident. There is no safe. There's Mm -hmm. safer. Mm -hmm. And so you can safer by monitoring apps. One that several parents love is Bark. So Bark.us is one that a lot of parents like because they can, it oversees it and it notifies you. It literally like barks at you like a dog, <laughs> like a bark alert. If you're, if they're seeing things in uh, even communication that could be that your child's sending out texts that they're depressed or suicidal mm-hmm. and send alerts to you in monitor gaming. So I will tell you on iOS. So on our, on our iPhones, it's harder to monitor than Android. So as parents are making choices on what type of phones and plans Mm -hmm. to give, I want you to keep that in mind. Um, also know that parents who want to go back to the gap, to the flip phones, and they're like, I'm just going to give my kid a flip phone. Your kid on a flip phone can still get to the internet. Mm -hmm. If you want truly nothing, a gab phone, gab phones, mm -hmm, a gab phone is a phone that looks like a regular phone, but it doesn't have access on the end. It, do, it looks like a cool phone, right? So a gab phone, if you're looking to go that way. And so when you're, when you're building in safety in your home, I think every family has to look at what is their family policy. Mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. big fan of no phones in the room at night because the majority of cyberbullying is happening after 10 o'clock at night. And so our kids are going to bed with these thoughts on their mind and they're waking up with them in the morning. 
And now I have a lot of kids who need white noise or something to cast up to. So we use the blue, my kids are the same way. We use the Bluetooth speakers, the phones stay in an area and it casts up a podcast or white noise, something Mm -hmm. for that background for them. Totally fine. But they're not getting the dings and alerts all night long, right? That's the difference. And and most of our kids are sleep deprived. (laughs) They need sleep for this. Amen. Yeah. They're not sleeping. They're not getting deep REM sleep. They're not going through a 45 minute to 90 minute cycle, which Mm -hmm. they need for Mm -hmm. brain development, for all of this stuff, hormone regulation, mood regulation, your kids need sleep. So just phones away from them. (laughs) And so in our safety plans, we talk to parents and, and kids about what are your family rules and also preparing kids. If you start to see somebody making comments to you that, Hey, you're really mature or wanting to invite you into a private room or sending pictures of you outside of your house or you, you know, where do you go to school? If people are asking those kinds of questions, you need to alert somebody, you guys, this is a problem, yeah. right? So talking to our kids before there's an issue yeah. is so important. And guys, that conversation is so much earlier than you think it is. The number one growing age of kids in gaming is two to five-year-olds wow. when we see bullying starting at three. So, so most people are thinking earlier is seven to nine. Nope. No, it's earlier. It is that. really young. It is so almost. Candace, it is. Let me, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's, oh, a, yeah, yeah. Really, you brought up a great point is like prime your kids for, if you hear these questions, do any of us know to prime our kids to, to be alert to those questions? I think, well, we vaguely do, important. but do we really identify what questions should we tell our kids to be alert for? I, you have a handout and I think that? this. So, well, they're in our classes. Okay. Okay. Great. Right. So it's in our classes. So we teach them about adults because there's different things. Kids who are going to bully and ask questions, ask different questions than sex predators that are different than adults. And so there's a scale of that. And there's also a growing range of ages. Because what I'm going to tell a three or five-year-old is not what I'm telling a 15-year-old, yeah. right? Like it's different. However, what I want parents to hear in this is it's a lot younger than you think it is. And by nine years old, the average child is gaming, dealing with serious gaming bullying by the time they're nine, which is why suicide is that second leading cause of death for 10 and up. We And it's going younger and younger. So suicide is the second leading cause of death mm-hmm. for kids 10 and up. It's another and, joke right now. Right. And here's here's a little bit of the approaches. Our kids are coming online. We are meant to be in community. God wired us to be in community, but God didn't wire us to be in community with a million people. God wired us to be grown into a community, right? We have people who love us, who understand our heart, who know our issues, who are speaking into us every day. When we talk or we're giving ourselves publicly, those people giving us feedback know our hearts. When we put it up online, you'll get all kinds of nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so we have to teach our kids, how do they handle that negativity? How do they handle that feedback online that they're getting? How do they handle um, just so many of these issues coming up from, is this somebody that should ha- that I need to evaluate? Or how do I handle that public shame? Yeah. That can be another one too. So our kids, when we're talking to them, I think the first thing is talk younger than you think you need to talk. I think every single family needs to have a code word earlier than they think they need to. And so in my family, you remember when we were like kids, it was, if if somebody's going to get in the car with you, you give them a code word, right? Remember that? Mm -hmm. Mm. That was so important. And now I think code words are different. I mean, my kids have code words and even here, Lisa, with you, if there were truly an emergency, my son could text me his code word. It's right here next to me. And even in our home, 
I'd say, Lisa, I'm really sorry. I have to get up and go. My kids know to use it only in a true emergency, but having a code word that your kids could tell, and I won't tell you what my kids are, but a lot of kids could be like, um, mom, I need to check Minecraft or we need to get potato chips. Mm -hmm. Something very simple. Okay. The reason your kids, you want to code word with your kids younger than you think is it's a way for them to communicate to you when they don't have the words, Mm -hmm. something is seriously wrong and I need you. Yeah. It, you may not even know what that is, especially as they get older and they're off doing things and at friends' houses, they may not be able to communicate to you in that moment. I don't feel safe. There's someone here. There's something going on. But if they can send you a code word and you know, let me get my child, no shame, no embarrassment. We're going to work through it and I'm not going to punish you. Mm-hmm. The other reason that's really important is when our kids, if you've dealt with bullying, a lot of times those people live in your community. Mm-hmm. I saw it happen to us. We go to dinner. And physically see the changes in my child and he can't tell me what's going on. Yeah. But we implemented code words so that I knew whatever's going on here, somebody in this vicinity of where we are is we, he does not feel safe and we need to go. Yeah. So it was, let's get our meals packed up and we can leave. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, because you never know who that person is or what's going to trigger a child's past pain, mm-hmm. right? It could be something that you don't know, and they can't communicate all of it to you in the moment. And you need to go to them to a place that we go back to that safety support and structure, right? We go back to what that is and we put that in. And so part of our plans with kids is having these code words that they can tell you, Mm. right? And so even in your house, if you're a working parent and your kids are homeschooling, how can they communicate you when you're in an emergency besides being, you know? How can they do that in a way that's truly your almost 911 without a 911? Because that's not a good idea either. Right. So, and even as our kids get older, because as they get older, they're going into work environments and social environments that we're not all going to be there with them. And, and Lisa, that's super important. So I was just, um, a couple of things for, for parents. I was at a leadership event. So an influencer leadership event, Mm -hmm. 20 influencers there, Mm -hmm. three of the leaders came to me whose children had attempted suicide in the last 30 days. And one was in a psychiatric ward. These are leaders in our homeschool community. We don't have places to talk about this and they're begging for resources. They have people coming to them and they don't know how to help them because they don't know what to do with their own children. This is an issue. That's a huge, huge, huge problem. And so, right. So if we talk about it and we create space and we have classes and we start opening up the conversation for support, we start breaking down some of that stigma and shame because it is. um, And what happened to us was when my son was in traditional school, the same kids in his school were in his youth group. Mm, Wow. Right. But it's very common. Yeah. Very common. Right. Very common. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's in our youth groups. It's in our vacation Bible studies. It's in our camps. It's in our, it's everywhere in our co-ops. everywhere. I think we think because we're homeschoolers, we've isolated our kids and we've built some buffers around them and we don't have to worry about this. But homeschooling has changed radically. It's bigger, it's broader, and there's opportunities and people are people. (laughs) Right. And so we need to realize that our kids are not isolated. And so what I was going to tell you with the older kids, I see so many homeschool parents who say, oh, I'm so glad I'm not raising kids anymore. And I'm like, well, did you know that yeah. the number one targeted age group of cyberbullying are our 24 year olds? Really? Why mm-hmm. is that? What, what, what are they targeted for? Can you, is oh, cyberbullying everything? Like yeah. they are just, um, our cyberbullying in general 
the largest group reporting being cyberbullied are like, I think it's like 24 to 20. It's like that 20s. So oh. parents are like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not doing that. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> we still need to hear. <laughs> because so many times this is a window of a group of kids who we started having this issue in 2011. And for those parents who haven't seen like social dilemma, we actually cover that in our class because it's that um, the social media addiction and how it affects the mental health. So 2011, right? We started handing phones to these kids and we started giving them access to the internet and it started really quickly changing. That generation right now is kind of the first launching out of that. And um, I think we are going to, I think there will be a point one day we will look back and wonder what we were even thinking. I say this when I speak, I hold up my cell phone and I say, there's more power here than they took on Apollo 11. Like seriously, we hold more tech in our hands with our cell phones than they took to the moon in Apollo 11. That's, that is something to think about when we hand a 12 year old a phone or a nine year old a phone or these two to five year olds. No, I know. Right. I know your mind's going, I know that's the largest thing by that. Yeah. Well, because you have to remember cyber world has shifted. Yeah. You go into gaming. And so for many, like one of the games out there that there was a lot of problems, which I still it's just not quite as popular anymore. You know how things go through yes. runs, right? So Among Us was a really popular game last year and kids were um, just everywhere. Families were doing it. It was touted as a really great game. I have no problem with it, but I think parents need to understand the power of it. Kids are going into games. It's sort of a whodunit, like who's the one who's um, killing the others, right? Like yeah. who's yeah. the- Like Clue or something like that. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that. Yeah. So uh, who's the imposter was really how it was. Well- our kids were going in and playing this game with people all over the world and quickly being moved to a private chat room with somebody who's like, Oh, I'm 11. I'm 16. I'm 15, whatever. They're not, they're adults trying to groom them into private rooms. And over and over and over again, I was seeing homeschool parents, parents of great, like people think they know what's going on in their homes within a, within less than 12 hours, their children has given children have really gone down a rabbit hole. of um, a game they felt was fairly safe. And it's not that it's not, it's that our kids need to know. And a lot of times when you talk about um, uh, kids that get into these situations, our kids, when they're vulnerable and dealing with bullying, they just want connection. And so if somebody's giving that to them, yeah. And and I don't want to freak out parents here, but when I tell you that nine-year-old sending nudes is very common, it's the new first base. Sending nude pictures is what you just said, right? <laughs> Fine. Wow. And that's why we end up with revenge porn. So when I'm telling you guys that not to freak out, but kids make terrible mistakes, yeah. are we going to shame them? Right. Yeah. Right. But we're going to teach and coach them and we're going to talk to them about character and we're going to have hard conversations. These were things you and I never had to deal with. Never. Yeah. We never. Didn't we didn't even have a microwave. Come on. Right. <laughs> you came home. If somebody, you would have had to work hard. You'd have had to get that photo. You'd have had to go get it. Like gone to the, I don't gone to the writing. And the guy's going to be like, ah, I can't even believe we're not giving that photo back. Right. Like right. there would have been some stop gaps and then somebody would have had to make copies and put it up. Now I have kids who um, just, they think they're doing the right thing and then things break up. And then by the next day, everybody they know, right? They're blackmailed. They're told, it's just, it's a really awful situation that we, we don't need to go down into too much. But when we talk about why we need to talk to our kids about these things, 
Yeah. It is everywhere and so much younger. Yeah. So much than younger. we think. We think when I tell you fourth grade is the new middle school, I want you guys to hear that. Whatever you did in middle school, your third and fourth graders are doing. Wow. And whatever you did in third and fourth grade, your kindergartners are doing. That makes sense? Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I think it's important to realize too that um, I say this all the time, like a digi- when we say digital natives, our kids don't really understand tech so much. They just know the apps they're playing on, but tech is not going away. And I love mm-hmm. how you've just really focused on coaching, not like just taking yourself out of everything because our kids are probably going to work in a digital, they are going to work in a digital world. And so let's coach them through it and prepare them well, with some tools and equipment for and- with it. Yeah. And all of my classes, I feel like if we can prepare this next generation to be strong leaders, Mm -hmm. not only are we helping kids who have maybe been on the victim side and are we helping call out some of the tendencies on the kids who are bullying? Because guys, one of my most requested workshops is so you think your kid's a bully. Mm, Wow. Really? Parents know they got a problem. They don't know what to do with it. They're seeing it in siblings. They're seeing like they they've got something going on. If we can coach them in understanding all of these and understanding how it plays out and teach them about workplace bullying and teach them about how all of these things, Mm -hmm. as we're launching them to be leaders, Mm -hmm. they are now more effective in their ministries, in their mission fields, in their workplace. They are going to be the ones who are going to be going to create policies and procedures for the next generation. Mm -hmm. The younger you can start to prepare them Mm -hmm. for this role, it's going to make them stand out so much more. And so that's why I choose to teach leadership development skills, because not only can we help our kids, I mean, if somebody has been victimized or hurt, the last thing you want to do is put them in a class that's for victimization hurt. Like they don't want to be there. Or if you have a kid who is a bully, they aren't going to go to a class on that, but they think they're leaders because 80% of people say they've worked for a bully who's a leader. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause wow. they don't think they're going to be strong leaders. Right. So I don't want to, I don't want to go too far off the trail, but how, do, how would we know if our kid is a bully? Are there things we can look for? Well, I think the, I think the biggest thing um, is one, one, you got to understand what bullying is because mm-hmm. we haven't even talked about this real quickly, but um, most parents could not tell you the difference between bullying and conflict. Oh, okay. Can you give us a, can you share yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is one of the first things we do in our class is actually break down what is bullying. If you went and read the full definition of bullying, it is long and it is like, you read it and you're like, I don't even understand what that means. But the easiest way I can explain it to you is we use three steps. We call it ARP. And if it hits all these three categories, you're dealing with bullying. So first A, is it aggressive? R, is it repeated or is there a power and is, or is there a strong probability of threat? And P, is there a power imbalance? It has to be aggressive, repeated and a power imbalance to be bullying. How many kids say they're bullying me? He's bullying me. She's bullying me. I was bullied. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. You might be dealing with conflict. And so when parents understand they have to have that to be dealing with bullying and then they have to understand conflict and so many leaders and parents try to suggest conflict resolution skills to deal with bullying and it never works. Hear me parents. If you hear nothing else, don't do it. (laughs) Right? Like that is Candace's warning. And here's why when you're dealing with conflict, conflict happens a lot. Lisa and I might have conflict, right? I'm have conflict in my marriage. I'm have conflict with my kids. Conflict. (laughs) And we have to teach our kids how to handle conflict resolution skills, which is one of the classes we teach all in conflict resolution skills. You have to know it. 
But when you're dealing with bullying, you can't use conflict resolution. And here's why. In conflict, you have two people that conflict is happening occasionally. Mm -hmm. Bullying is happening all the time. Conflict is um, at the end of the day, both people want to be in a relationship with each other and they want to work through it. With bullying, they don't. Mm -hmm. In conflict, there's normally not serious psychological damage. In bullying, there can be really deep damage and PTSD is serious in bullying and trauma that can happen from it. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with conflict, you will have two people who can sit down and logically work out something because they want to fix a relationship. Mm-hmm. doesn't happen in bullying. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand the basics of here's conflict and here's bullying, you can see why many leaders are like, oh, we're going to sit down and talk it out. Oh my gosh. Terrible yeah. idea. Horrible like- idea. This understanding the difference between bullying and conflict, that, that, that was worth the admission price people right yeah, there. I think it's so. so important to know the difference between them because I think we've all probably been, we all have conflict. It, like I said, it's just a human condition, but bullying, I, I mean, I'm just going, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That thing. Oh yeah. And then as a thing. leader, yeah. if you're a parent, if you're a leader, if you are working with youth at all, and you're like, oh, we're going to sit down and work it out. Let me tell you why that doesn't work. of most bullies are serious narcissists. Mm. They have hugely inflated egos. They think they're better than everybody else. They have really high social communication. They have the ability to read a room like nobody else. They manipulate the adults. They will use a tactic called DARVO, which your husband would probably talk to you about. It is they're going to deny it happened. They're going to reverse it and they're going to attack the other person. And they're going to manipulate leadership into thinking they were the victim in the first place. Projection right off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They are hugely manipulative. My serial bullies that I deal with are some of the scariest. Mm -hmm. And the only way to check that parents is in my opinion, my opinion, evil only bows to authority. Mm -hmm. Who is that kid's authority? Mm-hmm. And kids are losing the ability to know who an authority is. Yeah. They're not seeing their parents' as authority. They don't see teachers as an authority. And so if they're not checked from an authority, mm-hmm. we end up with this just baggage that comes onto relationships and abusive relationships because bullying is a form of abuse. It's one yeah. of the largest forms of child abuse we don't talk about. Yeah. Well, and I think as roles and responsibilities are getting really confused for people, we talk about that in the podcast all the time. What is your role? What is your God-given role? And what are your responsibilities within that role? And how do you honor a parent who might not be honorable? We've talked about that before. You honor the role. I mean, that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. Politics, you honor the role if you don't like the person in the position. Yes. Um, and so right. I think we're losing those conversations um, with right. our kids, but we need to have them with it. The church yeah. needs to have it with the people in the pews. Um, yeah. Roles and responsibilities are hugely important. It's a huge importance. And when we don't have authority, when we start talking about bullying and why I think it's a rampage, I think two parts. Number one, we have it involved parents as part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. It was always, as we talked about in the beginning, go to the school, go to the administration, give your power away. Yeah. We don't need to give our power away. We need to be empowered to help because this is going to happen. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it's kind of a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Put up one post that might be slightly controversial. You're going to be dealing with it, right? Well, in today's here's world, a, here's a funny, funny thing. I'm in a, um, I'm in a business group, and one of the things they're saying is, that if you want to grow your followers, put up controversial posts. Yeah, I mean that's like yeah. some of the, that's some of the, um, you know, your kids true. That kind of advice. Like, it's you true. Want, if you want to grow your gram account or whatever, I don't know any of the lingo. Yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, just put up something controversial, but. What you're saying is maybe the downside of that, your post, your, you might grow your account, 
but you also might end up in this tragic bullying situation. And so, well, when you open it up, you're going to invite it in. So how do you deal with it? Yeah. I think one of the reasons, and this will be controversial for a lot of people, so I'm going to say it anyway. I think one of the reasons so many Christians have steered away from anti-bullying work is because it's been, in their opinion, hijacked by social agenda issues. LGBTQ may be for front and center because of the high rate of kids being bullied, right? So they put that and they are struggling to connect to that in curriculum. Mm -hmm. I just see that a lot. Yeah. Like like we don't want to go down that because it's just right. So everything we teach is um, family valued, Mm -hmm. right? If your children are hurting, come to us, we will help you. Mm -hmm. I may have to refer you. I I don't have the answers for everything, guys. I just don't. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, we have our ministry that we love to support parents. If they're in a certain place, we may have to refer them. However, everyone, God loves everyone, right? We're going to help the hurting. We're going to prepare them. And we need to talk about these things as a community because we have become so much more segregated and isolated in looking for ourselves to be connected to a tribe, Mm -hmm. right? We want to feel like we fit in. And so when people are putting out controversial information, we also need to talk about how do we help our kids process when they're getting negativity Mm -hmm. because that's painful. Yeah. And so for parents real quickly, I know we need to wrap up because <laughs> but I'm going to leave you with this because I think it's important. And so let's say we put up something that's controversial and we're getting personally attacked. Mm-hmm. How do we handle that? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We struggle with that. It's, it's something I think first we need to acknowledge that that was hurtful. Mm-hmm. You've, we've put out something that now our family is seeing, our friends are seeing that, you know, there's some yeah. things there, but when we acknowledge that it was there and that it was hurtful, Mm-hmm. Is everybody's like, oh, don't worry about it. I mean, but that doesn't really work. Like, don't worry about it. Right. It can spin on our brains. So when we stop and look at it and then look at the person who made the comment, is this somebody who should have power in my life? Mm-hmm. Do we have the same moral values? Right. Is this person, is this something that I maybe need to take a look at? If I'm getting it several times, including from people in my inner circle, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I need to take a look at my behavior. Right. But when God created us to be in community, he didn't create us to put out to millions of people or thousands of people. He created us to be able to be there in a community that those people knew your heart. Mm -hmm. So if, if you have the same values as they have and they're making that feedback, maybe you need to look at it, Mm -hmm. but if they don't, and they're out there trolling for comments and, and -hmm. not willing to listen, that's important. You Mm -hmm. need to know that, right? You need to look at it. And if they have different values, then it's easier to put them in a category and go, okay. Yeah. That was hurtful. It was, it was out there. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to respond in a way that's appropriate, but I don't really need to go below that. Mm -hmm. They're either not a follower of Christ. They're not on my life. Like, you know, it's easier to compartmentalize it, but we need to take time to go through the process Mm -hmm. and to teach our kids how to do that. So it's not just left there unsaid. We have to be coached through how to do it. And discernment. You're talking about really teaching our kids discernment at a deeper level and really like developing wisdom. That's really what we're and, trying to get our kids. And to- these kids, yeah. what I love Lisa about the way you're running this class and why we set it up this way is this class. It, yes, you can do it individually. There's so much power in communication in groups and people being able to have a place mm-hmm. to process this and to talk about it and to bring other experiences and acknowledgement together in a way that we can make stronger leaders in the future, right? Because they're prepared and they can Mm -hmm. see it. And then we actually use even things like movie clips and different things. Mm -hmm. We want kids 
to be able to see these behaviors as they're out in the middle of the day and start to identify it and know it and, and really understand it instead of just being zombies and going through our days. So you mentioned the class that we're doing. Um, we are at True North Homeschool Academy. We are doing a digital leadership course based on Candace's work. And we found you last year. I'm so excited. And I Me had too. several of our teachers go through the training and every single one of them came back and said, this stuff is brilliant. Everybody in the universe needs to take it. So we are doing a digital leadership class taught by Dana Hanley this coming fall. I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, and also I'm going to put all the links where you can find Candace Duggar. I mispronounced okay. her name earlier. I'm so sorry. I don't watch it's the okay. Duggar. So. Well, and everybody else, just so you know, I'm not related to them. Everybody always asks that question. Are you related to them? I am not. But we were actually asked Lisa to do a reality TV show called The Other Duggars. Wow. Because our lives are a 180 difference. And this is actually a true story. I said no, because I'm on the phone with a PR person. I look out my window and my special needs son is getting ready to load two ducks and a lamb on a, um, a, a dog leash. And he's going to take them on a walk on their motorcycle. And I'm like, you know what? We're good. We are so good. That is awesome. <laughs> You at least need to make, it, make an Instagram reel about that. I had discernment. <laughs> I had discernment in that moment going, Mm-mm. not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. Because in my house of, for my husband, myself, and my two kids, we have four CEOs, six businesses and launching a foundation. Wow. And so we are very passionate about the work we do in helping families heal um, from trauma. And we also really help families use passion projects and entrepreneurship as a way to help their children heal. But I don't think that I need to another thing. <laughs> So I live in the suburbs, right? I don't need that. That's hysterical, actually. (laughs) In the show notes, uh, we will put all the places you can find Candace and the work that they're doing because it is really important work. Um, We are behind you all the way at your Northam School Academy and are so grateful that you are talking about these hard subjects because our kids are not immune to it. We can't shelter them enough in this world that is so and, viral and virtual. Um, we need tools. Well, and to help to, to give your parents an idea, I also I am an international trainer. I train for Fortune 100 companies, and this is something that's on my heart mm-hmm. to serve our communities. And so your kids are getting high level, really training that they would get mm-hmm. on um, that we may not have access to yeah. in a way that breaks it down for age groups because we, our kids are, we are building them in so many amazing ways in our homeschool community. But when we launched this curriculum, Lisa, we were one of the first, I have not found anything else out there that really is doing teaching in these areas Mm -hmm. for the homeschool community. There was no curriculum on Gen Z bullying. I haven't found it. And that's sad because that's actually one area, even though I don't agree with how they're doing it, it is one area that our public school and private school friends are kind of ahead of the game. They yeah. may not be doing it great and they definitely aren't including the parents, but they're at least talking about it and they're creating space. Mm-hmm. And when we create space and we open it up, we allow our kids to be able to come to us. And that's something I think we, we really want to create because we are not isolated. Right. I mean, I just attended a homeschool conference. Um, I did four, actually two in person, two online in a two week span. And I can't, I could not even count the amount of parents who are dealing with this in their homes and they don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, you can start with Candace's work and you can start with the class, Digital Leadership at True North Home School Academy. Um, and if you guys have any questions for Candace, 
um, I'll find, I'll put ways for you to connect with her. Um, you can reach out to us. Um, she is delightful. It's always fun to talk to you. We could just talk about a lot of things. I bring such hard stuff though. Sometimes I want to be the mom that sips tea and talks about Pinterest, but I'm not right. Like I'm not that mom, but I want to be in my mind. I'm that fun mom, but I'm I'm coming with all this hard stuff, but the conversations that even as girlfriends, sisters in Christ, our brothers and sisters, we need to sit and have, allow these hard conversations to happen. Not everything's okay. It's not okay. You can't develop discernment and wisdom if you're stuck in Pinterest land. I, I like Pinterest. I'm on there looking for ideas. It's fun. It's a, There's a lot of great things going on there. It's an escape for me. Yeah. But, but it, I can't live in that. It's not going to develop wisdom and discernment. And you you have to have the hard conversations to get to that point. And we we don't want to just protect our, our kids. Like you said, um, there's no safe. There's just safer. We don't want our kids to live in this little bubble of isolation. We want them to be in the world being leaders for Christ. And so this, this, this will equip your kids to be that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the work you're doing. You're doing great, great work. Thanks for doing Thank you. It's, um, you know, one of our biggest mottos here is hurt people, hurt people, but healed people help others heal. And -hmm. when we can prepare a generation to do that, we are launching people to be able to walk in the hard places and have the tools to help others come to a place of healing and power in their lives. Candace, thanks again for being here today. I really appreciate you. you. Thanks. We're so honored that you're listening and that you share this podcast, Life Skills 101 with your friends and family. Every time you share the show and post about it, it really makes our day. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe so that you get alerted to each and every show. Leave a review for this podcast, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. We're so honored that you're listening. Until next time, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. We'll talk to you soon.